Hello everyone and welcome to What's the Word with Willette. So we are here today. My guest today is Mark Price. He is a real estate agent. I'm doing a series on the COVID-19 and we're doing just different things with different people. And one of the things that we're focusing on today is the real estate market right now and what that looks like. So I have my expert here. Thank you so much for being with us today. So thank you very much for being with us today. So we'll just jump right back right into it. So again, thank you for being a guest. Um, We're very excited to have you um, to basically discuss our motto, everyday topics with everyday people. Um, So first, tell us about yourself. Tell us why you got into the real estate game. Okay, so I started off uh, with my father just doing wholesaling. Um, We started in in the 07 crash. So there was a lot of weird things going on but what we discovered that it was a little bit easier to be on the as a realtor to get a little bit more information um, versus as a regular citizen so that's what kind of made me want to get into the real estate side so I've been doing both since then okay, awesome awesome um, what are you primarily based out of regarding your business um, like basically like are you licensed to sell commercial residential uh are you licensed in different states how does that work sure so um commercial versus residential you can do both with the with the regular license the biggest thing is like what is your specialty okay Um, commercial is very different from residential i do mostly residential okay this year we've started looking at you know helping people sell their business which is similar but not you know especially they don't have real property Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely the, the biggest difference is like down payment, you know, and then the, the terms are vastly different. Okay. You know, you're purchasing different things. Do you prefer one over the other? No, um, I like both. Um, when you're dealing with like a, a residential purchase, most of the time it's, dude, I need it and I love it. Versus, mm-hmm. You know, a commercial is strictly about numbers. You know, is this going to make me a return? That's pretty much it. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that. With everything going on with the COVID-19 right now, do you believe it is still possible to sell a home? Absolutely. Okay, do you still think it's possible to buy a home? Absolutely. Okay, tell me about that on both sides, the sell side and then the buying side. So as as a buyer right now, um, we haven't seen much of a shift as far as pricing goes. Mm-hmm. So as a buyer, you know, you're still dealing with the seller's market. Mm. So really the biggest thing is as of right now, does this work for you and your finances? Okay. Um, you're still seeing multiple off situations, um, but most of the clients that I work with, I try to get them the closing costs paid and minimum money out of their pocket, but that's going to involve finding someone whose home has been sitting for a while mm. um, that you love. So, that's that's usually what I do. Now, as far as the sellers go, the prices haven't changed much. So as a seller, you're fine. The biggest thing we're doing right now is taking precautions. So making sure that there's hand sanitizer. Um, in our business, we started practicing doing the 3D tours. Oh, nice. Tours, mm-hmm. So that people can look at the home, kind of eliminate it as an option mm-hmm. or put it down as one of their top three and, uh, you know, lessen the traffic. Okay. You know, we're opening doors, we're keeping lights on. So we're trying to eliminate people touching stuff. And Absolutely. If sick in any way, we're really not uh, proving showings for that. 
Okay, awesome, awesome. So once you do the 3D virtual tour from there, sometimes you'll get that client that says, hey, I think I really like this one and I want to actually go see it. Right, right. We, we, we try to make sure that they go see it. No, just put an offering based upon 3D tour. Have you ever had a client that's done that? <laughs> They've asked. I never actually will do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm just not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Like out of state and they sign like a serious disclaimer because I... It's not it's not my business practice mm-hmm, for sure. I wouldn't do it. Absolutely. And and that's probably mostly because of. Uh, do you think. Well, let me rephrase that. Do you think people may do that because they're thinking, hey, if something goes wrong, it'll come out in a home inspection and then they're and then they can get out of the contract. That's true in Virginia. Mm. Not as true in Maryland. OK. See, okay. That, that's the that's the tricky part. See, I don't recommend purchasing a home without having seen it mm-hmm. unless you're an investor when you're an investor like i do it, it's just numbers mm-hmm. i really i've made the numbers so good that i, I can't lose mm. i go to the, love that confidence well yeah i mean the numbers mm-hmm. it's, it's strictly about numbers when you're investing okay you know so you just got to be careful uh, with that but as a like a, a home purchaser like for something me and my wife no, no. okay okay all right awesome awesome Okay, um, what do you say, and, and you, you may have slightly addressed this a little bit, but just want to expound on it a little more if we can. What do you say to clients who are currently trying to purchase a property, but have expressed concern with the market right now and whether it is a good time to buy or sell? Um, like I said, it may kind of sound similar to question four, but this is kind of really for that eager buyer who kind of want to get get out there but they not sure about it and even for us like we're looking to sell but it hasn't really like we had a lot of traffic and of course you know it went kind of dead and clearly that's because of what's going on and just kind of wondering what would you speak to that client like I said from the buyer side who's anxious and really wants to get out there you know the school year is going to be starting soon so a lot of times people don't really want to well at least my practice don't really want to get into kind of moving like at in August because that's when school starts and we're not looked to be lifted to I believe it's either June 10th or June 30th I saw uh, well there's a couple things real estate is an essential business it's not officially deemed as something that had to close down okay so okay really affected in that way okay we, the thing is like this is more of an individual question mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to purchase this home Am I going to be able to afford it based upon the numbers that the, the loan officer has given me? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is my job. Is my job essential or is my job one of those that is shut down right now? Okay. If, if your job is one that is shut down right now and based upon that not having that salary, you can't afford it, it's probably not a good idea. But mm-hmm. if your job is essential, you're still working and you're healthy, not a problem. Awesome. Awesome. That kind of leads me into my next question. Can you kind of walk us through a typical home buying process and what that looks like in length? Like are some processes longer than other others? Like if you get pre-qualified, is that kind of like an instant thing? Like if your credit's good, you, you get qualified. If it's not too good, you may have a couple of other steps you have to take. Uh, and then, of course, I know, like, you know, going to actually look at home, seeing something you buy. I know that probably mostly can depend on the client, but you may have another um, take on that. Can you kind of walk us through that and what that looks like? Yeah. So for both buyers and sellers, it's it's about having that initial consultation in your plan. OK. So 
when you understand like as a buyer okay i'm looking to purchase this home it's got to have a fence for my dog mm-hmm. it's got to have an updated kitchen mm-hmm. it's got to have a sitting room in the master bedroom you mm-hmm. got to be very specific on what type of home you want mm-hmm. in the beginning period and then the other thing we got to look at is what can i afford okay um, the pre-qualification is a must in the beginning because if you look at a home that's in the very next price range above you it's going to be very hard to find a home in your price range because you're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, so pre-qualification is super important to do first because it saves you a lot of time and a lot of heartache. Um, once that's done, really the next thing is making sure that there's nothing that you haven't told your agent, agent specifically your, your, your loan officer, because, you know, like judgments lean sometimes, like especially the way the government has changed the laws, they don't come up till later. Oh, wow. So if there's anything that has happened, it's better to tell us up front because I've had it where, you know, the judgment came down and, you know, the deal falls apart at that point. Mm. Um, you know, and it, it kind of puts you in a position because you plan to buy. So, you know, you, you may have ended your lease. We want to avoid stuff like that. So biggest thing is get everything on the table first, get pre-qualified first. Once we've gotten through most of that, my loan officer, we're big on getting through all the hurdles. So any kind of collections, liens, we need to know all that stuff up front. We're going to pull the report. But, you know, certain loans such as the VA and the FHA will not allow us to look at certain things without a signature. So as much as we can know up front, the better. Um, once you're qualified and you've got everything and we've ran through all the numbers and you're okay with them, it's just finding the home. Okay. Um, I- one- Go ahead. No, go ahead. So once you found the home, you know, the most of the work is on the, the agent's shoulders and the loan officer. So we go and negotiate the contract, figure out what price works best for you. Um, once we've negotiated it, then we go into doing the home inspection, which is a must. Some people tell me they don't want to do it. It's a must. It's required when you work with me because I'm trying to save you headache. If you has a pool, for example, you need to inspect that pool. I've had buyers who declined to do so, and then we come, you know, a year later for the party, and there's a hole in the pool. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, ch- checking out those, you know, mitigating systems is very important because you can get the seller to fix it, or okay. you can decide I'm out. Okay, and I was going to ask you, so what reasons would people like not want to do a home inspection? I've heard that one of my friends did that, but I didn't really understand the reason why they didn't want to do it. So what are some reasons why a person wouldn't want to do a home inspection? Is it really just solely off a rush and just trying to get in the house and you really are looking at the outside and it could, it could completely be a lemon on this inside. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the, it's a negotiation tactic. Like for, I'll tell you, for example, a lot of times I negotiate for my clients to not pay closing costs. Okay. Now someone else who's going to pay their own closing costs is more attractive. Mm-hmm. Same is true for the home inspection. You know, I've had deals where investors will purchase a home without a home inspection because the numbers are just that great. Okay. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a purchaser that is not investing, it's just a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Like in the northern part, you know, northern Virginia, like Arlington, Alexandria, some parts of Prince William and Fairfax, it's very competitive. Mm-hmm. But I still don't recommend doing that because more than likely you're going to get some type of surprise of course even with the home inspection okay you know it'll we'll find everything we'll get everything straight we always recommend the home warranty on top of that but Mm -hmm. 
if you don't do it, you don't have a clue what is going on in that home. So that's absolutely. Do you do you recommend a home warranty over another? I've had a couple, and at one point I didn't really believe in them because I felt like I kept paying this fee, and people would come out, and then they would start trying to charge me about a pre-existing problem that I didn't even know about. So I was kind of on the fence about it. But a lot of people praise them. You know, if you're uh, air unit goes down a lot of times that's where it can come in handy so what what is your take on that um we have one that we use called 210 i mean there are many of them i don't necessarily recommend one or the other as much as i look at what's included mm. like i'm the type of person i'll spend an hour looking over the contract mm-hmm. same is true for your home warranty you mm-hmm. want to spend a lot of time looking over it and trying to figure it out okay uh, before you purchase Okay. Are there any first-time buyer programs or are there any programs, period, that may be appealing to certain uh, buyers out there right now? Um, in, in Maryland, they have it's, – it's a negotiation again, but in Maryland, a lot of times you can get the seller to pay your transfer tax. Um, there is a grant program in Maryland that they have for, mm-hmm. like, your down payment. A lot of the regular lenders have their own payment where you can do like a zero down purchase. Mm. Um, your payment's going to be higher than if you didn't put down a down payment. Sure. So you have to keep that in mind, but it does allow you to get into the home. If you're a VA, if you're a veteran and mm-hmm. you can get a VA loan, those are probably the best in my opinion, just because there is no down payment. There's no mortgage insurance. And a lot of times if I tell the story of them being a vet, they'll pay the closing costs and, Give us what we want. We're usually, you know, someone who's not, they're going to be a little bit more to say, nah, I don't want to give you. So to a couple of things there. So conventional VA, what other kind of loans are there and what, and what, what are they? Like, can you talk about that a little bit, defining them? Sure, sure. So the VA loan is for someone who has served in the military. There are specific um, guidelines that you have to get from the government because they change. Mm-hmm. Um, but the VA loan is a zero down loan. Um, a lot of times you it has a lower credit score requirement. Mm. So if you're a veteran, VA loan is the best way to go because it's the least amount of money. It's a better loan if you have less money. Now, if you have a lot more cash to purchase a home, a conventional loan is going to be the best loan when it comes to negotiating and finding a home. Because a conventional loan, it, you have to have a lot higher credit score. Um, a lot of times it requires more of a down payment, but that also means that your payment in the end is going to be lower. Mm -hmm. Um, And also the VA and the FHA do their own inspection on the home and they have their own set of standards on top of the appraisal that also have like, it's almost like a double protection. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're dealing with a conventional loan, that doesn't exist. The conventional loan is strictly for someone who's, it's usually for someone who has a lot more cash Mm -hmm. and, they're not so concerned about, you know, having a lower down payment. Okay. That's usually more with the conventional loan. But those are the, the main three. You have some loans that are titled other things, but conventional is actually the biggest loan product and actually most used in uh, Northern Virginia and Maryland. Okay. And that's actually what we did with our home. Uh, we tried to do the VA and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because the reason I did not go that route um, I felt like they were telling me there wasn't mortgage insurance, but there was mortgage insurance with the PMI. So is there PMI with the VA loan? 
No. Okay. No. I mean, I'm. There's not. There's no mortgage insurance with a VA loan. Okay. Hmm. There's points. Okay. There's a. It's. I think it's called a funding fee. Ah. And it depends on what your score is too, because if if your score is lower, you're going to have points. Okay. Some of my VA buyers tend to have a lower score. And they end up paying points, so that does make it cost more. And what do those points mean? What is what is that so about? Point um, t- standard point straight out the textbook. What that means is one percent of the loan. So if you okay. buy a hundred thousand dollar home, your point is going to be a thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. Well, I learned something there. Thank you for that. With your with your loan officer now, is this somebody that you? kind of handpick you want to work with um do you work for a company or are you working like are you your own company how does that work yeah so all real estate agents except for i think redfin and a couple newer brokerages they're independent contractors so we uh, we own our own business okay so we handpick the people that we work with um i work with a particular person on a loan i have three of them i have one that i work with primarily uh, just because we work better together, and he's more willing to work with marketing and things of that nature. Um, but I like him the most because he actually has the most loans. Okay. He, he, can, he has the most products that uh, out of the three, and he has the most flexibility. Um, he's one of those people that's very honest. Um, he's, he's very blunt. But I, I need that because mm-hmm. I don't need someone who's going to tell me, you know, three weeks before closing that we can't close mm-hmm. because those situations will happen. I understand, but I want to minimize that because it, it's not good for anyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so basically you do have a go-to guy, but it, I believe you said there are about three people that you kind of work with. with right. Okay. Within this time that you've been doing uh, real estate, have you ever seen where you've seen someone kind of be profiled and maybe given a harder time or asked for extra things that they, you know, in your head, in your mind, like normally, like, why are they asking for that? Like, have you ever come across anything like that? Um, that's more of. It's more of the individual lender. I have seen that. Mm. Um, the person that I prefer, my preferred lender, mm-hmm. I guess that's what I would call it. He has the least amount of what we call, I guess in the government, they call them writers. Mm-hmm. There's a different term that the loan officers use for it. But basically what that means is by law, when you get a loan, you can be as strict as the government guidelines allow you to. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. The government guidelines for VA the minimum credit score, it keeps changing. It's changing now because of the economy, but it was very low, mm-hmm. it was like around 500. Mm-hmm. So a lender can come in and say, you know what? I understand, Mr. Government, your requirement is five, but I'm going to put mine at 650. And I won't approve anyone under 650 because in truth, when the loan, the score is lower, it's a harder loan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to require more of your time. It's going to require your processor to work a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. You're going to need a lot more documentation. Um, it's just something that it's more about. It's not so much about the person. It's more about the fact that certain lenders don't want to do it. Like, for example, I would say a larger institutional like a bank, you know, their primary product is not loans. Mm-hmm. So they're really not going to work with someone who has a lower score, even if it's 600. Okay. A lot of them won't just because it's harder 
and they're looking for the slam dunk. Mm, gotcha. Okay. What have you traditionally found to be the hardest part with clients who are seeking to purchase a home? Hardest part is finding it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and figuring out um, if they're really committed to the process. Mm hmm. Um, when you're when you're purchasing a home, it, it's a, it's a process for sure. I do a lot of the work. Um, I deal with a lot of stuff, but you got to be committed too because stuff is going to happen. I'm going to guide you through it and make it work for you. But the biggest thing is number one: are you really committed to the process? And number two, you know, have we narrowed down what you really want? Because a lot of people tell me, "Well, I want a three bedroom, two bath with a two car garage." Well, mm-hmm. That describes about two thousand homes. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean anything to me. I like to dig deep and say, okay, do we need a fence? Do you need a basement? Do you want a man cave? Do you want a woman cave? Do you want uh, extra room in your bedroom? What, what things that you have do we must have because it helps us kind of eliminate it? If we don't know what we're looking for, it's going to be frustrating because you're going to be saying, well, I'm looking for this. But if the person that's helping you doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. It definitely sounds like you. Go ahead. I was going to say, it really sounds like you're in tune with your clients, which is a good thing because I have seen where some agents out here, they're just, it's almost like they're on this, I don't want to call it a pedestal, but they're just used to a certain uh, number that they're used to dealing with. And they kind of try to push you in that direction. And you may be trying to go in a different direction. And it's like, that's not really what I'm trying to do right now. So I have seen that. So it's just good to hear like you really are into the clients and trying to make sure one, that they're not overcommitting themselves and two, that they really are getting what they want. Because I believe, as you said earlier in the end, you know, you, you want the client to be happy and they're going to be, you know, feeling some kind of way if they end up getting in the home and then being like, oh, I don't really like this. Have you ever had that? No. <laughs> they pick the homes. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I have one that's more particular and I'm, I'm gotten better in 10 years, uh, the wife chooses that home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have a uh, some of our clients like they're more particular. So like the wife chooses the home. Mm-hmm. And I just make sure that it meets their requirements. <laughs> I, I hear you on that. I'm just the overseer at that point, but I'm I'm very serious about like whatever they purchase is going to be nice. And mm. even a year later, um, if they weren't happy, which I've never had anyone take me up on, I would list it for free on, on my side. You'd have to pay the buyer's agent to sell it, but I would actually put it up because I'm I'm that serious about you know happiness awesome awesome so in that same breath what have you traditionally found to be the hardest part for clients who are seeking to sell their home um the number one thing is the right price mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's always the you know they, they, they all of a sudden like the, the beginning of the conversation they want to start with price and i usually won't because you don't want to hear anything i have to say after that so it's usually last mm-hmm. um, but price is the most important thing when you're selling your home if you start off 50000 more than you should be, you're going to sit. Mm-hmm. Then people start getting in their mind that something's wrong with your home. It's not. It's just overpriced or the pictures are bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you've done. But yeah, pricing is very important. And then showing the home is the second most important thing. For whatever reason, some people are like, I'm only going to show the home between two and four on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You're going to get no offers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it's not a high demand area, most people are not going to comment you with that because there are comparable homes that mm-hmm. have more flexible showing hours. So right. you have to give a little bit in order to get, you know, the person you want, the person you want. 
Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So again, I know we talked about, um, you know, doing COVID-19, if you believe it's still possible to sell or buy a home. But in your experience, has have you seen like sales kind of remain the same or be easier, harder, move faster, slower? Have you physically yourself noticed a difference? Uh, yeah, we have a, one in particular right now that's under contract that was delayed because of the uh, county having to come out to do issue a permit for some work. Okay. We've seen that. The biggest thing right now is not so much COVID causing a price problem. Mm-hmm. Prices really haven't changed much. Mm-hmm. If you're priced right, you're moving. If you're priced wrong, you're not. Okay. It's that simple in every market. You know, even in the 0708 crisis, it's mm-hmm. a slower process, but price right, move, price wrong, don't move. Okay. Thank you. What tips can you give for a potential home buyer during this time? Um, patience. Mm-hmm. Patience and um, making sure like it works for you and your budget. And it's also realizing that the home is two things. It's a need and a want. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you need shelter. But you're not necessarily looking for a home that may you may not be looking for something that has two bedrooms and one bath. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's not really what you're looking for. But you're also not looking for one that's three million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's not in your price range. So biggest thing is understanding what your needs are, and then the other thing is just being patient because it's like right now it's going to be it's it's going to be weird on some of the transactions, especially if you need a well inspection especially if you're dealing with any department of the government right now, it's going to be slower, but um, it's still happening. Uh, people are still selling and buying every day. Okay. Awesome. Um, are there any different tips you would give to someone trying to sell their home? Um, being a seller, I think the biggest tip right now is, is the same as flexibility. Um, prices have not changed. They can this is a, in our business, it's a lag type of situation. So, for example, let's say right down at this moment, everything crashed. Well, we would not see the effects of that crash until 30 to 60 days later mm-hmm. when those prices came in lower, appraisals would come in lower. Mm. And, you know, as a selling side, you're going to have to reduce your prices. But biggest thing with sellers is kind of staying the course. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, at a point where you're not comfortable, then it's okay to get out, and, mm-hmm. you know, be on the sideline. That's fine too. Are there any prime times for the market that you've seen like homes really peak and sell during a certain time? Um, last year it didn't apply as much, but typically it's spring and summer, mm-hmm. but every market is different. So for example, spring and summer, there are more homes in the market. So even though you're selling your home during the spring or especially in the summer, mm-hmm. um, that's typically when you're going to see the most demand. Mm-hmm. Now, the other problem is that, okay, yeah, there's a lot more homes on the market too because you're not the only one out there. So e- any time is good to sell your home during the year, but spring and summer is like where you have the most people looking. Last year it actually was, winter was pretty busy too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Buyers were out there going to open houses. We were getting 10 to 15 people into open house, which was unprecedented. But um, honestly, spring and summer is going to be your best time to sell typically because it's more. But if you're looking in a home that's maybe not as fixed up, you know, wintertime is fine, too. 
because you have less people looking. So that's going to create more demand and you may get a little bit more with less competition on the market in the winter. So okay. it can work either way. Okay. Do you deal with any type of renters or anything like that? Or you solely do real estate? Um, it's very little that we do because of, you know, this business practice and the revenue that's generated from it. Um, I do it. The biggest thing with the renter is just being careful about that lease, um, you know, really reading it through. And if you do hire an agent to do it, there are people that do it. I do it sometimes. Um, biggest thing I do for people is just try to read through a lot of people. They rent it for so long, but they ain't reading the leases. Mm-hmm. And that's very important because the leases have some things in there and sometimes they're not correct. You know, and someone like me would go back and say, mm, no, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This, the state says this. Yes. Take it out. Okay. You know, so the biggest thing is just making sure you read over it. And if you don't understand it, get someone who does. Okay. Um, that's the biggest problem I see. And especially like people that have vouchers. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, homeowners will not take it mm-hmm. here's the thing when it's a homeowner that lives in the home there are a lot less rules that confide them so mm-hmm. they can't outright discriminate in print but there are a lot less rules about that type mm-hmm. so if you're going to have a voucher you have to kind of play your hand because private owners supposedly is less strict maybe some are and some are not Mm-hmm. Um, you really want to just kind of feel out the situation you're dealing with mm-hmm. because sometimes a property management company, they, they don't want to lose their license. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The owner of one like that owns less than four units and lives in them. Like, let's say you have a, a quadplex or a triplex. Where you got three units, four units next to each other. Those owners are on a different set of rules than someone who has an apartment building. Okay. You know, and the same is true. Like I own property. And like the rules are different for us versus someone who owns, you know, more than five units that's considered commercial. So you have to be aware of that and be careful of that because they're allowed to do things that as the owner of five units, we cannot. Okay. So in closing, um, I want to thank you uh, for being a part of our show today. Um, just trying to think, do I have any last minute things I want to say? I was having so many thoughts through my mind, but you answered a lot of the questions that I have. Um, do you have any closing comments? To, where, where can we find you on social media? Oh, my, my social media, my Instagram is Top Producer Price. Um, my name is Mark Price II, so you can look me up on Facebook. Um, but if you ever have any questions, you can email me at topproducerprice.com. Um, I'm sorry, topproducerprice at gmail.com. That's my email. Or send me a text. Um, my phone number is on all my pages. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you so much for being with us today. We're so excited to have you. Thank you. So until next time, folks, we will do it again soon. Take care.